Yo, yo, yo. Left by life Are you trying to be Charlemagne? I don't want to be Charlemagne. Oh, is that how he comes in? He does a whole bunch of yo's, okay. apparently. <laughs> I didn't even know that because I got that from Mr. Chains. So anyway, this is Jess. And this is Nikki Lauren. Glad you came in, because sometimes you don't. Oh, shut up. <laughs> and welcome back to the Not Carrie Bradshaw podcast. We know y'all missed us, but we are your absentee fathers. And we are <laughs> swinging back as you are sitting on the porch waiting to go. What do, what's that stereotypical like scene in movies? Oh, when they waiting on the dad? Yeah, and the dad <laughs> never shows. That's literally us. Or In fact, we'll That's zoom we'll zoom right by your ass. <laughs> Right. Anyway, we're back and we have a super special guest who we've known for Ever. blank amount of years. <laughs> Not gonna age ourselves out here. Um, Kari Renee. Yes, yes. Of Layla Style. I'm so happy to be with you girls. We're so, so happy, happy to have you. But Kari's like, she's like family at this point. Yeah. I think after right. you like cross like a certain number of years Why like they, if you know somebody family. before you hit puberty <laughs> and they are still relatively in your life right. it's like a thing. It's, it's a thing it's a thing Kari has been to my house for Thanksgiving so that's every it's year no, yeah. it's, it's tradition it's yeah. a thing it's tradition every year I'm like so I tried to downplay it whose house are we eating at but you know what's so funny though she's so tiny though but like she can eat oh, no, she can eat Eat like Georgia eat. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you for coming by. Thank you, girls, for having me. This is so fun. It's so nice to be in New York, and you know, you moving? Girl, I want to. Come you on, do seriously? I seriously want to. We're always trying to recruit people to move to New York, but meanwhile, this one, Loki wants to leave. You keep I threatening do. to be on the West Coast. I do. I think life is in the oh, West so Coast. Oh, so you just want to keep on going? Yeah, but to- you should come. You should come before <laughs> I get out. <laughs> you should come. Yeah. Right. Transition. So, as you guys know, we always start things off with a fashion tip. So, a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. We went to the Grits and Biscuits Festival. Okay. You know what that is? No, I've never been to that. It's an outdoor concert festival kind of thing. Yeah, but it's like Southern, South inspired. Yeah. So, hence the name Grits and Biscuits. It was a blast. We went there representing our nonprofit that I'm not going to mention on here because we might get kind of ratchet but um it was great the best part of it was people watching there were two things that i noticed number one you girls are really out here wearing athletic gear like full-on workout outfits Mm -hmm. like to the function is Mm -hmm. that a thing is wait not a thing is it a trend it should not be it should not be thank you okay okay I understand athleisure. Y'all bought into Kim and Kanye's whole athleisure thing. Right. Where we're going to wear sweats and heels. I can accept that. But you are out here in a full-on matchy-matchy Nike gray and peach. Biker shorts. Biker that shorts. Really with the gray and peach fitted, like, sports bra and then the gray and peach shoe. Well, I just thought I was getting old because, you know, like, when you're younger and there are trends in your family or your, your mom is like, what are you wearing? You're like, oh, this is the style. So but I these just, weren't just young girls, though. These true. were, like, our age but plus. No, <laughs> that is so, no, that's a no, no, no. There's a time and a place for that. That was not the function. And that's perfect that because that brings okay, so us. What is the time and place for it? The gym. Yeah, the gym? I agree. Or even if you're or running, running errands. errands. Okay. If you're running errands, I can be okay with you putting on, 
I'm not gonna drop no brands it's here because they're not paying it. It's, me it's transitional, transitional wear. wear, and so it's kind of like if you think about it, it's 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 like what do you wear between this outfit and this outfit? And exactly. so it's like if you you know we're doing something earlier, and then now you're just kind of like in motion, and then you're going somewhere after, then you can wear that like in the middle of the day. But it's not a full day outfit. It's not an event outfit. It's not something that you would strategically put on. To wear anywhere, no. Other than the gym dressed. or running They were dressed for the <laughs> like it was like first day of school. Like you remember first yeah. day of school, you got your new Air Max, you got your matching Nike oh, fit, or what, what do we have? Eniche or like Carl Kanai, oh, whatever. Yeah, no, we, <laughs> oh, we still haven't we, we have decided how you pronounce Eniche. Is it Eniche? E nice. No, it, I heard NYC. No, go by. <laughs> on another podcast, they were talking I used to about. Say Nietzsche, so. I thought it was a Nietzsche too, but we country, so we'll make some shit up. Do y'all remember Jabot? Of course, I remember Jabot. I was still listen. I was still wearing Jabot. Listen. I was in the South I of France. Go ahead, tell two us. Two summers ago in Cannes, and oh there is a Jabot store, and I, it was still. so still. It wow. was popping. Well, she was she was French, the lady. Yeah, the but I didn't lady. know that they still had like freestanding stores. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was the thing. Anyways, number two thing that we noticed, ladies, nobody loves a heel more than I. <laughs> I resent that I'm not very wealthy and can wear heels everywhere in New York. I would love to be that person. But when you say wealthy, you have to explain to the people car service. Wait, Thank wait. you. Sorry. <laughs> I would like to be car a, service wealthy. <laughs> yes, I want to be car service wealthy where I'm not even calling an Uber or a Lyft. There's always a driver on retainer waiting for me. Yeah. So I can wear heels at all times. It's a nice lifestyle. It's goals, right? However, ladies, for fuck's sake, please stop wearing heels to outdoor casual so functions. What is heels to you? What what do you say when you say heels? What are you what are you referring to? Are you literally meaning just the elevation of the shoe? You mean <laughs> block heel, just round heels. If we the are outside, there is grass and concrete involved. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see you in I don't want to see a block heel. I don't want to see a stiletto. Go ahead, and but, but 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 okay. So what if you're like a derby, or what derby if you go to polo? Fine. Derby is fine. Here's what we're what we're really talking about here: dressing appropriately for the function. For the function. For, for the, the function. function. Dress for the. I had this conversation with our friend Reve. Shout out to Reve from Bossip. From Bossip, we love you. <laughs> so. Everybody's talking about Adrice's fiance yeah. at the royal wedding. Right. I told her that outfit was inappropriate for, for the, the function. function. It was. It was. You don't go to the royal wedding off the rack. You just don't. It's bespoke. So bespoke. <laughs> it's it's couture. It's it's original. So Absolutely. when I say dress for the function, read the room, sis. Like. Absolutely. I don't want to see you in a four-inch stiletto heel at Grits and Biscuits. Where you going? Yeah. It ain't nowhere to see. I know you're not comfortable. It's, like, not, it's not the time and the place for that. Dress for the function. And it was like 90 degrees. It was. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> because you got cold randomly <laughs> and took off the shirt that you had wrapped around your waist and draped it on your shoulders like a grandma. But once the music started, it was like a, a trap fest. Yeah, once Nikki started twerking right. everything. But the thing about dressing for the dressing for the function is like some people don't really understand what that means. 
And so you can say it like over and over again. It's like just for the function. They're like, well, what exactly does that like look like? And so I just tell people like, you know, pull from inspiration, you know, go and look and see, you know, what was the style? Like what were people wearing in the previous Mm, years? Do your research. Do your research so that you can understand and you want to make sure that your aesthetic, it fits in. You want to stand out. And you want to be able to have like your own style, but you want to make sure that you are kind of in line with the style aesthetic of the event. So, yes, if it's truly a flip flop type of thing, that's what you need to be wearing. But if it's truly like a couture, you know, gowns, it's like you want to just make sure that you understand the style of the event. And that just, yeah, you got to do your research. You got to kind of dig in a little bit and just be like, okay, let me just see kind of, let me look at the hashtag. Let me look at the page. Let me go to the website. Let me just kind of get an understanding because, yeah, you don't want to show up looking crazy and be like, oh, I didn't know there was going to be grass here. And now my heels are punching. You in every hole. In the hole. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. And that's flipping just... the divot. Oh, did you flip we the divot? Did. Okay, good. I because did. I have a problem with people that go to polo and they don't know what polo is. It was so You much have fun. a problem with people who are not nearly as bougie as you. Okay, and I love moving it. right along. If you haven't seen, like, Pretty, Pretty Woman, Woman. <laughs> it's just, I mean, that's, that, like, that was just the inspiration. And I was like, it just, you go out there and that's a but very you know what exciting I, time But to I've do learned that. as I've gotten older, especially like living up here, there are certain references and things that we just know that right. we take for granted that we know. And I'm like, I don't know how to teach that. Hence <laughs> the fashion tip. So from the blogger's mouth, <laughs> do your research. I'm going to judge you. I'm just saying. <laughs> I am. I don't, and then it's like they be scooting by in the heels, too, and okay, trying wow. not to. Remember on Bebe's kids? Yeah. The scoop, yeah. Don't do the scoop, sis. Just put on a flat. Nikki Blake. Throw the whole outfit away. Throw the whole outfit away. Okay, guys. That's the fashion tip. We'll be right back. guys so now to the part of the show that you're actually here for (laughs) uh kari renee is gonna give you the tea on how she got here how she came to be the face of the brain is behind (laughs) i wish y'all could see nikki's face wait we need a very french accent for layla layla I can't do what that. What is that? I don't know. I don't know I, what that was. I can't do that. Okay. It sounded like Eastern European. <laughs> okay, we're all from Southwest Atlanta. Layla style. Right, we'll just leave it as Layla style. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. How did we arrive here? Whew, let me give that short, the short version for how we got here. Uh, so yeah, Layla, the concept, just, just quickly, the name, because that's the first thing we got to kind of get over because mm-hmm. immediately people are like, hey, Layla, I'm like, actually, <laughs> no. sorry, but it's okay. Right, right, right. Um, so Layla stands for um, dark beauty or it stands for born at night. And I loved Layla because I wanted the brand to be representative of of, of colored women. And I just felt like there wasn't enough representation of us in a positive space in the blogging influencer community. And just to and give so, reference, this was like years ago yeah, before yeah. there were like melanin girls and black girl magic hashtags. This was like at the beginning of Instagram. Absolutely. So this was before it all started. And I just was like, you know, I want, you know, I fell in love with like 
Elle magazine and Marie Claire. And I liked how like the women's names, I felt as though like I could connect with the name of it because it kind of gave it a personality. Right. And so it gave you a reference point. And so that's why they even chose to use names of women for the magazines. If you kind of know the backstory behind like Elle and Marie Claire. Mm-hmm. So I didn't me, know that. Yeah. I wanted Layla was the name because of what it represented. And then immediately style just kind of followed because it was just designed to just showcase style Mm -hmm. from inspiration to personal style. That's kind of where the name came about. So now here we are many, many years later, and it's a little conflicting for people still. And so I've tried to kind of, you know, be clear on how I'm articulating the name still to people. But Mm -hmm. that's where it came from. That's what it means. And I feel as though you can be Layla and you can be Layla and she can be Layla. And when okay. I feel like people are coming to my page, it's like I want them to feel like, you know, I can be Layla style. Mm. It's so, not me. Is it, a, is it a, what, adjective? Like, descriptive? Yeah. I mean, like, that's yeah, Layla? Like, Layla. Yeah, oh, you're, that's you, yeah. Layla. Okay. <laughs> you, you are Layla. And so, you know, I want people to feel infused kind of in the brand that it's like, it's not just like she's separate from me. It's like, no, I am you. You know, we are, you know, we are all kind of, you know, women of color. And I want you to feel this though. This is a brand that you can see yourself wearing what I wear, doing what I do, really going to places that I go with. Yeah, just really feeling like you can connect to the brand and you can see yourself kind of in the shoes and walking as a woman of Layla. And that's kind of where it came from. So that's the name. And, you know, it kind of came about with uh, my sister and I, um, Kay, and deciding that we wanted to kind of have a creative outlet to showcase our fashion and Mm -hmm. our style and just kind of things that were really, you know, exciting to us. And this was, like you said, it was many years ago when Instagram was just, you know, kind of getting its wheels turning. But we just wanted to be inspiration. We just wanted to share what we liked. It wasn't about, you know, blogging at the time. It wasn't about, like, bringing ourselves to the forefront. We were just like... How many, you know, things can we showcase that feel like Layla style, whether it's from, you know, travel or makeup or beauty or fashion. All of these peak, all of these things should make someone feel like I'm Layla. Like these are Layla things. Right. And then, you know, it got to the point where we converted it over to wanting to be more of the face of the brand. So that was an organic transition for you guys. Like nobody told you that you need to be the face. No, it, it, it wasn't that. It was... We got to the point where we wanted more from it, you know, okay. and it, it was honestly it, it was that when we hit up, when we hit 10,000 followers, as shallow as that may sound, that's when we felt like we wanted more. We said, OK, we have this many people following us. Now, what do we do with it? Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of us, we end up at that pivotal point where we're trying to figure out, OK, like what's next? You know, we've gotten to a certain milestone. Where do we want to go from here? Right. And that was kind of for us. We hit 10,000 and we're like, OK, the page has been inspiration all the way up to this point, you may have seen us one or two times, literally, of mm-hmm. growing that audience did not involve our faces at all. So how did you, just to interject, how did you guys grow the audience? Because I feel like people who are influencers, especially now that this, it happened pretty organically for you guys, but for other people who like almost want to have a plan of how to become influencers and how to grow those brands, like, how did you guys do that? Or was it just, it just happened kind of? Well, nothing just happens. Right. I, I like to make that very clear. And everything has a has a strategy and a plan and a, and a course of action. And so it just doesn't happen haphazardly. It's, mm-hmm. it's very strategic 
in posting the style of content that is truly attractive to your audience. And so it's listening to your audience and knowing your audience. And, and even though people, you know, they post every single day and you're like, well, I mean, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. But you really, who are you doing it for? It's so funny. I just had a conversation just as recently as today about your posts speak more to you than I feel like they speak to your audience. Mm. The content that you're creating, the, the content that you're sharing is not about you. It's about your consumer. It's about where you're going with this messaging. And so I feel as though if you're creating content for yourself, you need to put that in a scrapbook. Like that's not, <laughs> Pinterest. Is not, this is, yeah, this is a Pinterest kind of concept. This is really a place to kind of engage socially, especially if you're doing it from a business and branding mindset. Mm-hmm. So separating the personal from the business is so critical. So you'll see people trying to infuse their personal beliefs and their personal brand with their desires to run a business and be an influencer and work with companies. And it's, and it's just one big blurry mess of mm-hmm. pictures of them with their pet and then pictures of them doing homework with their kids to pictures of them doing makeup tutorials. I'm like, wait, I'm confused about the messaging. And mm-hmm. so the audience can't seem to stay attracted and stay connected. So you either begin to lose followers or you want to attract new ones. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, I mean, you get probably in excess of 100 people to discover your page a day just to explore and the people that actually interact with your page, whether it be people that's currently following you. So your page is showing up in other people's pages, but no one's following it. Mm-hmm. So just think about it like that. If you know that there's at least 100 or 200 people that are laying their eyes on your page every day and your follower count is growing two, three a day, something is wrong with your content mm-hmm. because those people should want to stick to you for a reason. And right now they're not. So I interviewed you a couple years ago when I was writing for a site that shall remain nameless. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to go there. I remember that. And you are, you touched on it a little bit, but you are a very strategic planner in terms of your content. Like every single thing has a purpose and you invest a lot of time in your planning. Talk a little bit about like the organization and how you are so intentional with planning the content because I think it reads through like on your page it's very clean and you're not wearing the same colors or Mm -hmm. anything but it's very clean and cohesive and it all looks very branded so talk a little bit about that planning so the planning it kind of starts with like the purpose like at the end of the day like Mm -hmm. I said my my goals have to align with what I do and to me my Instagram, it is my work. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, if you do makeup, if you do hair, if whatever your job is, even if you go work in corporate America, whatever it is, it, it is truly a representation of your work. And so for me, it has to be strategic in how it's executed on a daily basis for me to get more work, to get constant work, to be consistently recognized for what I do and to be able to move forward. And so I'm strategic in the way that I, you know, I'm looking at my brand portfolio and I'm seeing the brands that I'm currently working with. I'm seeing the brands that I want to work with and I'm creating content that aligns with their style. And so I have a style based off of who I want to work with and who I've worked with. And it's important to me that our brands align. When a brand reaches out to me, it's because they see themselves infused in my brand. Mm -hmm. I may have never worked with them before at all, but they'll say, you know, this is what we do. This is what our brand is. And we can see right here where we would fit into her style of content. 
So I'm very strategic because I have a list of brands that I want to work with. I have a list of brands that I'm currently working with and it all has to somehow cross over and be able to kind of tell a constant story because at the end of the day, I still have to do all of that thinking for all of these companies that I'm that I'm working with, but creating content that's going to still get the likes, still get the reposts, still get the comments. Mm-hmm. And so then once all of that planning is done, I have to then say, okay, with my audience, what do they want to see? What part of my lifestyle do they want to see right now? Mm-hmm. How do they want to see me share this content? Because mm-hmm. you can have a dress hanging up on a hanger that you got from a company but then what like where do you post it where do you shoot it what does it look like and then you create a cohesiveness which is what keeps people engaged with your audience because they know what to expect exactly so you know I I have what I consider to be buckets of content and that means that I'm only going to share certain things and so that helps with the cohesiveness so whether it's you're going to get so many lifestyle posts you're going to get so many beauty posts you're going to get so many fashion outfit of the day posts you're going to get so many location posts but it's certain things you'll never see on my page because it doesn't actually currently fit my brand so the audience kind of seemingly knows what to expect but they're still on the edge of their seat because they're not sure which one is she going to kind of share with us today how is she going to show us so they're excited to see how I share a brand with them Okay. So I'm always working with brands. Most of my content is is considered to be sponsored content, but you don't feel that way. You don't feel like I'm selling you right. something every single day. But believe it or not, I am. I'm selling you something four out of five days. There is something I'm selling you, whether it's my lipstick, whether it's the shoes that I'm wearing, whether it's the belt that I have on, whether it's this experience, this location that was sponsored, this meal that's on my plate. It, you just don't really know where it fits in. And that is how brands like to see my style of content. Because it feels organic. and people Nobody wants to feel like they're being sold to. And I have to say, there are some people who I used to follow, like, years ago. I'm not going to call nobody name, of course. <laughs> but it was like, and we talked about this before, Nikki, like, certain girls who you used to follow, who you love their, like, personal style, and then all of a sudden, they got, like, a bunch of followers, and everything was branded. Yeah. And it was, well, you started out... Showing us like how you mix the high and the low, and now all you wear is Fashion Nova, so I'm confused, and you've completely like lost me. And I like the fact that your brand always feels organic. But just to back up a little bit, how did you transition from your like nine to five into fully putting pouring yourself into Layla style? Well, the transition was it was definitely one that kind of took a lot of thought because we were doing them both kind of at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't leave corporate America until I was actually truly like in the blogging space and respectfully to be honest with you guys, I'm not actually in the blogging space anymore. People don't really understand when they say like, Oh, you're like my favorite blogger. Right. To be a blogger, you have to have a blog. Right. So you have to be currently, I'm no longer a blogger. It's influencer. Yes. So I am a style ambassador. And I am a style influencer and I am a social media content creator. Okay. And so I'm, I'm a very strategic now in the titles that I carry. Right. Because I've become a lot more in tune with myself and in tune with my audience and knowing what it is that captivates them. Right. So and if so, you know yeah. that people aren't really going to 
if people are buying into the visuals, it's kind of a waste of your time to put so much into like writing a blog. Post yeah, it didn't, it didn't fit my audience. You okay. know, like I, the where I am now, and like, and we'll go back to that in a second. Where I am now is that I am more of a style personality. I'm being booked to do more appearances, more in person, more representing brands in the flesh, in the okay. presence, and bringing my audience outside with me in order to do that and highlighting brands in a way that allows me to use my voice more than I am using my writing and my pen to paper type of style with the blogging. My audience was not converting over to my blog the way that I wanted them to. So then I had to kind of step back and fall into a space where I had to kind of regroup and figure that out. And that's a part of the growing and the transition that we need to be in if we're trying to kind of move forward. When things start to kind of flatline, you got to be able to like see that and know that you need to go back. But the transition over really quick from the the banking and the corporate nine to five into this, it was where it kind of met me right at a roadblock where, you know, it was taking a lot of time and we were blogging and we were making deals. And I said, if I could bring in, you know, uh, at least half of the income that I was making, because I know the other half I'm going to have to grind for. I'm going to have to work that much harder for. There is no benefit package in entrepreneurship. There is no 401k plan. You're out here doing this thing like on your own. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my decision to transition was a lot on faith and I was able to make some money and I just had to kind of turn my lifestyle down a little bit and, you know, remove some of my expenses that I was able to do when I was working at the nine to five. But I knew it was going to be so much more rewarding to do it this way. And so I decided to kind of take the leap. And it's just been, it's been great. You know, it's been, you know, it's been rocky, but I enjoy, I like, tell. yeah, <laughs> I enjoy, like, I enjoy the obstacles because it's, it's Can you talk about that, though? Yeah. Like, because I feel like a lot of times on social media, people are so hung up on what they see and they they assume that people don't go through a journey, yeah. right? And so they just assume like, oh, I want that lifestyle, but you actually don't know the work that I put into to get here or like, you know, how I had to, I don't know, yeah. eat ramen noodles for five days just to, you know, like make sure my budget was on track. Like, just talk about that a little bit, like the rocky times and, you know, like how you overcome. overcome. Yeah, yeah, overcome <laughs> or still overcome whatever. I mean, you know, it's it's super challenging and it's funny because there's so many people who are in this space that don't really understand that you're constantly pitching yourself. I mean, this is like, yeah, you are. It's, it's the craziest thing. And so like, it's almost like if you, you eat what you kill kind of right. sort of like yeah. in this industry. And it's like if you're not constantly putting in the work of trying to kind of create the best version of yourself every single day and pitch yourself every single day like yeah you can take a week off but you're not going to eat that week and so it is an intense industry so what you don't see is you don't see the long grueling hours of us just sitting like at the computers and trying to create bomb media kits reworking numbers like doing pitch letters and pitch decks and like doing all of this brand research to to see how you can compete with the girls that are just you know not like us and so it's even harder for women of color to be able to penetrate this market and so we're trying to consistently add more value and more value and more value and so you know it's it looks a certain type of way but you know seven out of seven days mostly it looks nothing like instagram like instagram is curated like my daily life does not look like instagram i'm in a headscarf i'm at the coffee shop i have earbuds in i have on no makeup i have on sweats i have on uggs rain boots Mm -hmm. it just depends on what it is i work 
probably four days at a coffee shop right. just sitting there people don't know me I have on a baseball cap like mm-hmm. no makeup acne popping like <laughs> that's it. I mean that's the real that's the real me and what I'm posting to keep things flowing is truly just the content that I've already curated right. because I have to plan my, 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 my social media is planned out for about a week and a half out my posts are already done for tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day so you, like you routinely schedule your posts it has to be that mm-hmm. way because you're truly you're truly running a business if you're doing it any other way you're doing it haphazardly and you're allowing it to run you right and that's why people are hamster willing it and they're not really making traction because they're not really planning it out from the post to the timing that they have to kind of create, you know, and, and block off on, you know, making sure they're perfecting that pitch and getting out 15 to 16 different emails a day at new companies saying, hi, this is who I am. Nice to meet you. Here's my media kit. I would love to work with you. This is how I think our brands would be beautifully infused together. Mm-hmm. They're not doing that. They're just thinking, oh, I mean, I'm just going to sit back. Like, I mean, I just thought they were going to just like email me because yeah, I'm like the right. bomb. Well, I'm like, girl, even me. And because and I, and I, I don't feel like I'm, I've made it, you know, by no means. I mean, there's mega bloggers. We're still considered between 10,000 and 100,000 followers. You're still considered a micro, a micro influencer. influencer. So yeah. I'm still playing in that micro space and trying to get the micro deals. And that requires a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Okay guys, we're back. It's Jess, it's Nikki, it's Kari. (laughs) We're here. We're diving back in. In depth look into the life of an influencer. Take the floor, Nikki. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was trying to sound like a um, like a news reporter, like on the like on the scene. Enough. You, you did good. You did good. I don't hype her. I didn't come here to be judged by you. Don't hype her. I came anyway. here to be judged by our audience. I have questions <laughs> for people who just don't know, Kari. Yeah. Um, so you kind of spoke briefly about working in corporate and transitioning into like this whole entrepreneurial world. World. Um, so for people who don't come from that or people who just don't know how to pitch themselves or just, mm-hmm. you know, grew up in a family where, you know, everybody had to work for someone else. Like, right. did you have a manual? Was there a handbook or was it just simply like, this is what I want and I'm going to exhaust all options and not be afraid to fail? So, yeah, it was definitely the latter because, you know, what I would say, the benefit, I guess, of, of coming from a corporate background is that. I, I know how to fix something that is broken very quickly. I mean, mm-hmm. I came not just from a corporate background, but I was in a managerial position. So I was like a fire drill type of, mm-hmm. in a fire drill type of position. So I had, I had skills that were transferable, which is great, is that I know how to make something work. And that is something that you can't like take away from me. Can and I, I interject that? Yeah. You have been that way since we were little. <laughs> like since you have the beginning of time. Like always, so I think that like no. When I got into corporate, <laughs> yeah. Like I feel like that's one of those. Th- there are some things that are innate, yeah. And there are definitely some things that you can learn. But this is how she has been. <laughs> <laughs> can I just short story time? I remember I one time we were. It was me, you, and my sister, Lacey. We talk about all the time on the podcast. <laughs> um, we were. We were 
doing something for the radio station. Do you remember this? And we had to like clean up like the city of Atlanta. Oh, was, gosh. Do you remember? Yes. So like everybody wanted this. I think it was like to intern at the radio station. I don't know, but it turned out to be a freaking flop. But everybody was like, it was like during the time of like, um, what's Diddy? What was Diddy's show? Making the oh, band. Man, yeah. So people like wanted it, but yeah. you know, like normal Atlanta people, they didn't know how to hustle. Kari came and like you had a shirt like you you went to town with your promotions you was like I was getting this internship I'm gonna oh be number God. one and I was just like <laughs> wow <laughs> it's really like always been a I know how to make shit work kind of person that is so funny yeah that that's definitely kind of the approach that I've always taken and if you see kind of how how the brand has developed and where and where you may have seen if you if you know the brand personally mm-hmm. you would have been like that's where they're gonna fall off like that's where that transition right there they're not gonna be able to push through that one because mm-hmm. we've done so many renditions yeah you guys have but that speaks volume like what you yeah. said like you have to know how to identify like where you fall flat yeah and then make a quick change definitely that has been so hard guys just because it's it's almost like you feel like your audience is like they don't know what they want to do like they don't know who they are they don't know what they want to be like it's it's been so many different renditions and I said I finally finally feel like it's settled into a comfortable home of like where it's going to be I feel comfortable with it the way that I've been I've kind of brought my sisters back into it feels comfortable you know everything I love that didn't work. can you talk about them I was gonna say like the fact of that you guys because I don't have sisters and I tell Nikki this all the time that like it just seems like such a um an interesting relationship yeah between sisters and I'm always just like oh y'all talking today right right y'all good because I have like like seen, we can fight and then in 10 minutes, we're like, you want a 10 piece right. from American Deli? <laughs> right. Hot sprinkle with lemon pepper. Exactly. And meanwhile, I only have a brother. So I'm like, is y'all bitches high? Yeah. Like, it's so interesting. So, can, yeah, that's a good question. Could you talk a little bit about working with your sister? The family yes. dynamic. Yeah, so I want to talk about the family dynamic. I do want to answer Nikki's question that I feel like we kind of breezed over really quickly about the manual. Did I have a manual? Did I have kind of like a playbook? And the answer is absolutely no. I would say that, um, you know, I feel like in anything that you do, you know, you want to educate yourself as much as you can and do your research, but then you want to know your shortcomings and you want to know them quickly. You want to feel as fast as you humanly can and know what it is that you need to be successful. So where I knew that I did not have a skill set, instead of doing an immense amount of research and trying to figure that out and how much time that was going to take, I just said, okay, I'm going to need to allocate this much of a budget to hiring someone to do that for me. Mm -hmm. So when it came to like, you know, doing my initial media kit, that I hired someone to do that. Right. Doing my initial, you know, set of pitch letters, I hired someone to do that. When I was using the blog, getting my SEO going, I hired someone to do that. Now, everyone's not in that position to do that. So then you have to understand that that is going to require you to educate yourself that much more. So just know that it's going to take time to learn that and be able to figure out like how to do it and how to do it well. But for me, I'm the type of person that I like to be good at what I'm good at. And where I fall short, and that's, I think that comes from the corporate background. It's like when you go to work, everybody has a job. 
We have, we're under one umbrella of a company. I have a job, you have a job, you have a job, you have a job, and the company pays us to do all of that. Well, now I'm the CEO of that company, and now I'm responsible for hiring the people to do the jobs that I don't know how to do. Right. And that's how I ran my business. Mm-hmm. And that's how it's been successful for me is that I'm not a one-man show. I have people in place that are helping me keep this ball going. So don't ever think it's just Kari out here running the world. I have people from the styling side of it. I have people from the marketing side of it, people from consulting, people who I you know mentor with me. I, I have a team of people that are helping me be able to consistently move forward. So no, there is no manual. You either freaking research it and figure it out and do it yourself, or you quickly get the people in place mm-hmm. to be able to help you get it done. Right. And I think just as an aside, something that I have come to realize from like, working on mental health things. We won't go into detail. But um, reading so many like self-help books and at the end of the day, they all ultimately kind of tell you the same thing. But something that I've come to realize from reading those self-help books, watching sermon after sermon, Mm -hmm. everybody's journey is different. So even if there was a strict playbook that you use, everybody else can use it. Like you really have to learn what works best for mm-hmm. you like what's your strength like I feel like people have to do SWOT analysis yeah like, you, you have to do like a you personal do. SWOT you analysis really like even just on yourself like what are your strengths weaknesses opportunities and threats like that's just a thing that you should be doing for yourself but especially for a brand so I just wanted to interject to say yeah. that much like it's really cool how we have all these conferences and these workshops and women's empowerment. Nobody things. does anything with it, to be honest with you. We don't. No, nobody. I mean, you could buy it. I mean, you'll pay $350 for the conference. It's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting because it's almost like even that is kind of a hustle in itself. It is. It's only because people are not really invested the way that they perceive to be in really infusing that information and like figuring out like you know so it's like you didn't want to do the research because mostly what you're going to get from these places it's online I mean this is not this is not like taboo information (laughs) and it's free smoke it's free information that people have packaged up for you for your convenience and have delivered it to you in a cute notebook on your table with your pen and paper and your lunch and for you to do a um, flat lay photo. And then, <laughs> and then it's like, you know, people don't. And then it's the same people that come back to me in six months and just say, hey, you know, are you going to do another workshop? I'm like, well, what happened to the information in the last workshop? Like, yeah, I you have to implement. I don't see that you've implemented anything that we've talked about. People have purchased one on ones with me and all of this stuff has happened. But it's really about doing the work. It's exactly. being committed. That's why I was to trying the to get work. To. It's, it's yeah. like, yeah, it, you can't just say I want this. And I want it to look like this. And everybody wants to ask me and me to go straight to that. And I said, well, you're about six questions like too early because <laughs> right. I want to know from you, why are we even having this conversation? So you want to know how to get this look. And I want to know why are we talking? Because <laughs> I don't even know really like where your goals are aligned, because at the end of the day, this may or may not be the direction for you. Because like you said, this path, it may not be your path. Mm-hmm. Everybody's journey is going to be different. Their their direction, even the platforms that you should be using to promote your content may be very different than mine based off of the goals that you truly have for your brand. Right. Like I know for me, I like to write and I like to talk. Now, do I like fashion? Sure. Mm-hmm. But my main strength is talking and writing. Yeah. I can use Twitter a lot mm-hmm. and get, you know, something from Twitter. But for you are a person who is like your brand is more built on the visual. Yeah. You need a visual app. 
So I just I want people to understand that, like as we're talking and like if you are taking notes or if you are like taking these things in, just know that like it's okay for your path to be different from hers or from mine or from Nikki's. Like everybody is going to be different, but you got to do the work regardless. So diving back in, we were going to talk about the family dynamic. We were. So. Ooh, my sisters. <laughs> I mean, that, you got to just, when you talk about family, you got to take that deep, like, ooh, that family breath. That's yeah. that kind of like, because it's just, I mean, they are my sisters. And, you know, for those who don't know, we're two years apart. I'm in the middle. Chai is two years up. Kay is two years down. And it's just been a whirlwind of, like, dealing with them and, and just trying to figure out how we can, like, like kind of make all of our talents like work together mm-hmm. and the crazy thing is like you know like I said we, we've been knowing Nikki for so many years and, and we want it to be amazing as a threesome I mean we just want it to be great but we did not have proper management and so that's why you never got like the official black Kardashians from us <laughs> right. it's just like it, it takes I mean we literally cuss each other out on a regular basis it is not a game and it is the same vibe of like you know do you want a 10 piece girl after you get done <laughs> right. but that you can't run a business like that and mm-hmm. we were like look if we don't have a manager who wants to manage this union it's like it's just not going to work so they said you know what screw it you be Kim Kardashian we'll be the entourage mm-hmm. so you go forward you go and try to make all of the deals and then bring us in. Okay. And so now, you You're know, more like a Kris Jenner. I was going to say, like I'm not really Jenner. comfortable with the, the Kim Association, especially as of late. But <laughs> I do see you as more. Number one, I do not think that you act like a standard middle child and you never have. <laughs> um, you've always acted like the oldest to me. And. Yeah, you're definitely more managerial. I'm managerial, but it's like I'm maternal. I couldn't manage. I couldn't manage them, and it just that wasn't you know. And they wanted me to manage them, mm-hmm. but it's just like when I would you know we would come through with our ideas, and like I said, it just we needed truly like a third party to be able to kind of get this thing going. So you know, we of the three of us had to decide kind of you know what lane we wanted to play, and mm-hmm. I think that's where it kind of it kind of decided who was going to be more in the front of the Layla brand. Because mm-hmm. like you said, it was a, when, when me and Kay split from the blogging and for those who've been following me for a long time, they know that it was the two of us. Mm-hmm. And then when she decided to do hair full time, we truly were at a roadblock. You know, I was styling and I was doing that. And the page was more a styling. That's what people expected mm-hmm. the fashion and everything. And so it was like, who's going to take the page? I mean, we literally sat down and had a conversation like, are you leaving or am I leaving? Right. That is really what happened. And we were at a roadblock because we were like, you know, she was building a hair brand. And I was like, well, I want to maintain the fashion brand because that's what people are here and accustomed to doing. And so she decided to leave. And as you guys know, she's been running like Carrie Austin hair and she's mm-hmm. been building her own hair brand. Purchase Carrie Austin. Yes. You know, yes, and that's, I have and a lovely unit. If you've been on my Instagram page, yeah, that's all I, I wear now. So now we're at a point where we have truly been able to hone into our individual talents. And it's been the best collaboration. It ever. really has. I'm so, so can you break down. I'll break the down. Talent. I'll break down the talents. And so, yes. So kind of going from top to bottom. Uh, Chai is our older sister, two years older. And so Chai is a designer. She is truly a a costumer, mm-hmm. a clothier. She makes stuff from scratch from a picture. I sent her a picture blurry as hell off of some runway. And she's like, I think I can make that. I think I can see 
see that and she'll just create it. Mm-hmm. So she has truly kind of gotten into the space of kind of honing into her creations. Right. And so, you know, she does, you know, runway, she does event stuff, she does prom, wedding, film? and film. Mm-hmm. She's currently on a project right now in LA. And it's just a blessing to just be able to see her kind of use her talents in that costuming and designing space to right. be able to create a clientele for herself. And then I would be next. And so the space that I've kind of kind of settled down in is I do I do wear several hats. You know, I do still I do styling. I just signed on a pro- onto a project to do wardrobe styling for a short film that's being pitched to Netflix. And I brought in Chai to do the costuming because wardrobe and costuming kind of goes together. So yep. if you're styling you know, the characters and something needs to be altered or you find something and it needs to have embellishments or whatever, that's the role that she'll play. And so we make a great team and then we'll go into kind of how we started House of Layla together, but that's kind of where we merged our talents of I shop, I consign, I style. I'm very good at like making things look good, but I can't sew, I mean, two pieces of fabric together to save my life. <laughs> right. It's not going to happen. Right. Literally, I would, probably, I would probably sew off my finger. So I cannot sew whatsoever. So, you know, that's where I am. And then obviously I am still considered the, the influencer amongst the three of us from the style side of things. And, you know, I do social media creation for a couple of different companies and that's just kind of the space that I've kind of played in and I've kind of just become the face of what Layla is now. And then you have Kay with Carrie Austin hair and Carrie Austin is her daughter and she was the inspiration behind her starting that hair brand. So she is a, 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 a hair distributor and she makes custom wigs and she does hair styling. And so now if you look at me in the middle, I'm pulling from both directions yeah. of my sister. Yeah. There's not anywhere that I really go now that I don't, if it's definitely an event or something that's substantial, that I'm not wearing something from Chai Design Studio and I'm not being having my hairstyle by Carrie Austin hair. It's a lot of cohesiveness. So now we've kind of created a synergy mm-hmm. where I'm able to represent their brands now. So instead of us trying to create a unison of a brand, it's now like we each have our own lanes that we're promoting individually and creating our own income streams. But now we're able to kind of use the platform as kind of like consistent promotion for their brands and still maintain the direction of where we were going. So it's been a little tricky in trying to kind of figure that whole thing out, but I think it works best. And it keeps I like us- it. It yeah. makes sense. It makes <laughs> yeah. perfect sense. And I, as somebody who has been like following the brand since its inception, I've enjoyed seeing the ebbs and the flows and seeing the different transitions. And I think that they've all worked for the good of each of you guys. Um, we're running out of time. I do want to touch on something really quickly. You know, personally, um, I feel like a huge part of being an entrepreneur, being an influencer, doing anything, especially in a creative space, it involves a level of confidence. Mm -hmm. And Nikki gets on me all the time about my confidence. (laughs) It's almost like I feel like one day she's going to shake me by the shoulders and slap me back and forth. (laughs) Believe in yourself, bitch. (laughs) But I feel like I'm so serious. Like She gets so frustrated with me. I, let me tell y'all this brief story. Like, <laughs> me and Nikki had a meeting one day. We met up at, like, Joe and the Juice when I was, like, relaunching Not Carrie Bradshaw. And she was asking me all these questions, like, okay, what are you doing about a logo? What are you? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what do you think? And she was like, listen, 
Let's just end this now. You need to go home and think. You know what you want to do. I can't answer these questions. Right. And I'm just sitting there like, this isn't what I signed up for today. But anyway, That's how it is, though. coming back, and I mean, it was for it for the good. She was absolutely right. But it involves a level of confidence, especially in your decision making. Mm-hmm. How do you? arrive at a place where you are confident even to mess up like where you're confident in making the decisions to work with different brands or even like how you've leveraged the following to get more consistent work how have you learned to like trust yourself that it's going to be like good that is a tricky one because I feel like we're we're always we're hard on ourselves I mean we are we are but I just have to maintain a a level of of you have to maintain a level of confidence and just say I am worthy of mm. everything that's happening to me for mm. me. I, I on, have to super so I have to say that because you like things will happen and like you said you'll end up you know on you know the cover page on Instagram of Essence for your look. It was hundreds of people of people there from both sides from the from from both sides of the event and it's like you you were the one that was featured first and that just it's a, it's, it's a mind-blowing experience but it is humbling but I constantly just tell myself like you are deserving of this you work hard and you deserve everything that's happening to you and for you and so I like to consistently remind myself that all the work that I'm doing is as much as it'll it'll things will fall through and deals will fall through. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I was literally crying this morning. Mm. This morning. Like this today of this particular podcast, <laughs> I was crying this morning. Mm-hmm. And I was crying because it gets overwhelming. Yes, it, it gets does. overwhelming because you just feel like sometimes you're in it by yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer an employee of a company. I no longer have a team to say, hey girl, can you do this for me? Because I'm a I'm gonna cut the day a little short. It's just me. And so you'll have, you know, deals coming in, deals going out, you know, deadlines, campaigns, things you want to do, brands you want to work with. You, I, you know how many people have canceled on me since I've been in New York this week for meetings? I have had cancellation after cancellation after cancellation. And I just said, you know what? This is just designed to build me up and build a tolerance and kind of like a shield around me for a culture that I'm not accustomed to. This is not Atlanta. This is not the South. Girl, New York is so it. different. And so I just feel like you just have to consistently remind yourself that you are worthy of it. And you just have to keep working in alignment with that. I pray. I ask God to guide me and that what's for me will always be for me and what's not will always miss me. And so if something is happening and it it happens to miss me and, and they cancel, I just remind myself that that's their loss. Something will happen in my life and then they will realize damn it, I should have took that meeting with her. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Sucks for you. And, you know, I'll, you know, do a couple of follow-ups and say, hey, hey, hey. And then at some point, I'll just literally mark it down on my calendar that the day that they wrote me off, I write that down. The day that that person wrote me off, I want to mark that in my calendar because it gives me another boost of confidence to prove it to them, prove it to the world that I am worthy of all the things that I feel are happening inside of me. Mm. So, you, you have to kind of be your own cheerleader in a sense because you don't have that 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 boss that's like patting you on the back like, good job today, mm-hmm. Jessica. It's, right. it's, I'm so glad you were able to do that. And you don't have those milestones where you're hitting the three-month, six-month mark and you're halfway through the year and they're like, here's your award for being amazing. 
you're not, it, it doesn't happen that way. Your validation comes from your work that you're yeah. putting out every single day. Your audience is validating you. These brands are validating you. You getting from one deal to the next, to the next, to the next is truly your validation. So it's, it's a different style when you're working in this space than it is when you're going to work and, you know, someone telling you, hey, Nikki, high five. Great job today. <laughs> Nobody's high fiving you. That's why I, I have captions like, girl, clap for your damn self. Like, right. don't wait for someone to clap for you. Mm-hmm. Like, be your own cheerleader. Be your own ambassador. Because at the end of the day, you're creating a brand that is going to change the world. That's how you should be thinking. This is going to create... I'm, I'm doing this for all the little brown girls that were like, damn, like she was able to quit her job and like do her own thing. Like, this is so crazy to me. And I've created a lane and, and I, and I help people like I coach people still and I answer my DMs and I answer questions and I'm not the type of girl that won't engage back with you. Yeah. Cause every time I've reached out, like, mm, girl, <laughs> you want to be featured on this site? Cause I need to write an essay to make this rent. <laughs> You have pulled through. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So on that note, tell the people where they can find you and also what you're working on. Where, what can we expect to see? Are you going to do your rapid fire questions? No. No? I just feel like we don't have time. Should we still do it? I think we can do it. Really I'm going to quit. They want to hear. They're rocking The people want to know. The people want to know. Okay. We'll be right back. <laughs> for Kari. Um, These are just fun, just little tidbits. So, question one. Should I be nervous? No, 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 no. You're not going to, like, expose anything that you wouldn't want to buy, you know. So, if racism weren't a thing and you could go back to any decade strictly for the fashions, what decade would it be? I would go back to the 70s. Oh, my God. Me, too. (laughs) I want to be a disco queen so bad. about a former life I think in my former life I was a hardcore disco queen at Studio 54 I think that in my former life I died in a bathroom at Studio 54 I already could see myself (laughs) have you ever been to a real disco though no I haven't oh my god I went to one in Brooklyn like it was like a disco like a twirl like Donna Summer oh wow this is all I was doing it was a disco girl a disco why wasn't I invited? Anyway. Okay. Next. Do you want to answer the question? Go. Thank you. Trifling. Okay. You have $1,000, but you can only spend it on what item? What item is that? I would spend it on a coat. Oh, yes. Outerwear. You smart. You is smart. <laughs> I hate you. Outerwear. I, I wasn't even thinking about outerwear. Love outerwear outerwear is timeless and is. a quality quality piece of outerwear because it's also a layering piece yes and so if you have a statement quality piece of outerwear then it transitions from year to year to year season to season it is a great investment piece i would spend on outerwear okay can i just say something don't you love a guy with good outerwear oh my like oh it's just makes them oh. like it's like next level it is next level like so, it's so just Girl, Idris Elba has a documentary where he's working with um, Super Dry, and so Girl. he has mm-hmm, his mind. Mm-hmm. But like, he just walks into the scene with 
Oh God! Oh, but there's a there's everything. a thing about it too. I like to see it open just so, and as they walk, like the wind from their walk, mm-hmm. kind of blowing the lapels yeah. a bit. Yeah, seriously, Ooh. the winter in menswear is just. Oh. I don't know if we have you any male me. listeners, but listen, y'all better get on the outer. You give me a get nice. I like. I see a lot of guys in New York do this, but like a nice like wool coat. But mm-hmm. then they'll still pair it with Tim's, but in a non corny way. I like it, and I'm just like, I see what with you a good did. jean, with a good mm-hmm. jean, a good jean. I see what you did. <laughs> I'm not into the Tim's. Maybe that's a New York thing, but you it, know, it's it a way no. that they style it. Yeah, and it's a way that they style it where it doesn't look. It doesn't look. It doesn't yeah. look too urban. It doesn't look too urban. It doesn't look like a Sean John ad. Yeah. It's just, you're holding on to your aesthetic, and I, yeah. I see what you did there. Outdoor is key. I respect it. Okay. If you had to wear one shoe for the rest <laughs> of your life, what would it be? Oh, my goodness. Like a designer? It doesn't have to be. Not like one shoe. Just one shoe. Like, all things being held constant. You don't have to stand in it forever. Just like your favorite shoe that will go with everything that will carry you through life. Um, it would have to be my my new Jimmy Choo pump. Like Jimmy Choo is a good that's a good shoe. It's comfortable. It is comfortable. Okay. I can't I can't stand on Louboutins, but that Jimmy Choo pump I, I think I would be my favorite. In nude. Yeah. Okay. Nude. Yeah. Nude. I'm with it. And favorite. then the last question: If you could raid any celebrity's closet, whose closet would it be? Honestly, I would raid Rihanna's closet. I like her style. I think it's dope. Like, I think there's some really cool pieces. Not anything that she's been wearing, like, super recently. But if she kind of has... The avant-garde stuff, I... She can do no wrong, but I don't know anybody else who could wear her, like, very avant-garde things except for her. Yeah, I would I would kind of go in and, and dig up some of the, the archives. Like, I've always kind of, like, rocked with her style. Not even necessarily the way that she puts it together, but I like some of the key pieces that she's worn. I think that she has, like, one of the best styles, kind of. Because I feel like, it's like, I don't even know her stylist, but I just feel like they kind of get it. It's like some people, I don't really know who and what and why and what's happening here. But I think her style is dope. I think for me, it would be Tracy Ellis Ross. Okay. I like her. It's classic. I could fit her bottoms, I'm sure. Her tops, not so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a person? I don't. I never thought about this question, but I do have one, one thing. So if there's one red carpet look that you could just completely like restyle, what would it be? What would it be? Oh God, I have so many. You know what it would have been? It would have been I don't know what year this was. It would have been Beyonce's Met Gala. Um the year when she did the black kind of feathery Oh the Givenchy. Kind of, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And it ombre. Yeah. Like the blue. Yes. The black. Yeah. That right there was like epic to me. I I still dream about that dress. <laughs> I think it was just so gorgeous. Oh, you know what look I still think about? Which Do one? you remember the uh, video for uh, Jay-Z's song, Excuse Me, Miss, mm-hmm. in the elevator? Oh, my God. That that, that it was like silver. gray silver. It, but it was distressed. It, oh, yeah. And it's like, it, the way it like it, fell on her <laughs> body. Where is she now? Listeners, where is that girl? I bet you Lambrose styled that. You think so? Oh, that was so, yeah. 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 It was like that 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 there was just something about the way it Fell like you knew that they put like thought and intention into that look, and even as a kid, I was like, oh, "This is a moment." Mm-hmm. I have never forgotten this. 
like it stuck with me forever okay so thank you um we're super happy that you took a moment doing your new york trip to come chat with us it's so fun so tell the people what they can expect where to find you what you're working on plug yourself shamelessly right here for sure (laughs) i'm like it's so funny i'm like always working on like a bunch of things like at one time can i say that when you say that i actually believe you oh no i'm i I some people say it and it's like what you working on (laughs) me me and nikki are like knee deep into this show called chasing atlanta it's a youtube reality show it's trash it's don't very, watch it yes you do it's entertaining but everybody is always like so what you been up to now i just been working and it's like but on what yeah, but like, what i believe you like when you say it so do go on yeah it's it's actually not a not a game i'll, I'll kind of give you the quick the quick rundown of like what i'm working on so from what's most obvious obviously <laughs> i am constantly just working on kind of consistently perfecting my brand and working on more partnerships, more relationships, more things that align with kind of the new, slightly new direction in which I want to go, which is kind of becoming more of a style personality, using more of my voice, um, being booked more as the face of a brand for different events, different functions, speaking engagements, things of that nature. Um, That's something that I'm very much interested in doing. And so I love, you know, creating the style and the content, but you know, the collaboration I did with the Atlanta airport. Mm-hmm. Um, I have another one coming up with a liquor company where I'll be kind of the face of the brand for a campaign. And so I love that kind of stuff where mm-hmm. I'm able to just kind of, you know, infuse myself in the brand for a period of time and just truly be the face and the representative from a style aesthetic standpoint. I love that. So that's something that I'm working on doing. And we have House of Layla, which is uh, me and Chai working together. We do consigning. We do, she has some of her custom designs. And that's a lot of fun. That's kind of a of a hobby of ours that we're kind of turning it into a business. We mm-hmm. really enjoy just kind of working together, shopping and sharing our closets. And so that's, you know, a project that we're very kind of passionate about and spending a little bit more time kind of digging into that. Separate of those two things, um, you know, interestingly enough, I have toyed with the idea of, you know, not necessarily going back to work, but, you know, trying to kind of package my skills up in a way that I'm able to do consulting work. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of where I am. And that's a lot of the meetings that I've been having out here in New York. And I'm kind of interested in doing kind of, you know, social media creation, social media consulting, creative direction. There's a lot of brands that are like, I don't know what's (laughs) happening. My stuff is all over the place. You know, my audience isn't buying. They're not moving. They're not engaging. They're not this and they're not that. And it's really just because they haven't really figured out how to connect with their audience through their social platforms. And so I am working on kind of creating kind of a a little business, if you will, around like what that looks like. And whether I do that, you know, full time going back to work or whether I do it as consulting, I'm working through kind of what that looks like. But I feel as though it's a skill that I've acquired. And the thing about me is that I can't let talents go to waste if I if I found something about myself like girl if I just started slaying my my makeup I'm like y'all I'm a makeup artist like who's booking me like that's me like once I find that I do something really well and it's like people are are inquiring about it and asking me about it I can't just like be like yeah I I gotta tap into that and so this is a new lane that I'm trying to tap into around that piece but 
you know, y'all can find me on the local gram. Uh, <laughs> local gram. The local gram. <laughs> at Layla Style. Um, and then, you know, right now my my website is House of Layla because that's currently the brand that I am promoting. I am, you know, I just recently put together a portfolio of my work with my bio and things of that nature. So that'll be replacing my current bio um, website and then all of it will kind of be housed in the same place. So you get to kind of know who I am, what I do, what services I offer, what brands I work with. And then you get to learn about the personal brand, which is House of Layla, all kind of under one. So that'll be kind of the transition that I'll be making going into the summer. Great. This is exciting. <laughs> I'm pumped up. Can you just uh, give us some money when you make it like Kardashian? First of all, right. yeah, I'm like, we're always asking for some money. Like, Why are we always asking for money? I don't know. Because we got money. What? Well, Never rich. forget. Yes, queen. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Like, comment, subscribe. DM Nikki. Yes. Um, if you what? sit, just whatever. Okay. <laughs> just cause. I'm always excited to see what somebody will do to you. <laughs> and also, send us money just because. <laughs> just because we want new things. We want new and lovely things. <laughs> Bye. See you later.